What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. We're also on Dash Radio during the week, every single day, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. and their Nothing But Net channel. Also check out Five Reasons YouTube for all of our other shows. The post up on 5R after every game before floor. Feel the heat with Alana and Michael takes a look off the court with the heat. Also Clutch Corner comes back this week. And we've got full court press with Gad, Marco, and also Ariel. Also check out fivereasonsports.com for the latest breakdowns from Brady Hawk. He's been putting up stories all week long. He's got a whole slate of stories on this series. And some of them actually tie into what we're going to be talking about today. Brady's also going to join us on the podcast this week to talk about one of those stories. Also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. So many of our sponsors are local. We always appreciate uh, them helping us out here, but also you need to check them out. One of them of course is Miami grill for over 30 years. Miami grill has brought you the big favorites from the big cities featuring authentic ingredients, prepared fresh order with the best cheesesteaks, wings, gyros, burgers, and more. Don't just bring dinner home, bring home Miami order online or in person for a limited time. You can also get their collectible cups featuring artwork by Winwood mural, Fest artists. So buy yours for $2.99 or upgrade your meal deal to a larger size for $2.99 and get more fries and the cup. Pick up drive through dining and delivery available at all locations. If you're craving it, they're making it. Bringing Miami home, bringing Miami Grill home has never been easier. Again, check out mymiamigrill.com, download the app, and make sure you get some today. And now, today's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. We've been giving you kind of a weekly floor plan if you missed it. Greg Sylvander and I broke down the five storylines from the Heat Bucks series, which we now know is starting Saturday. As we record this, we don't have a time, although I'm hearing afternoon, but we do know that it's going to be on Saturday. That's one game one of a first round series between Milwaukee and Miami. Of course, the teams played last year in the second round. Miami beat Milwaukee as an underdog four games to one. At that point, Miami was a five seed. Milwaukee was a one seed. Now the Heat are a six seed and the Bucks are a three seed. But today's floor plan we're going to break down the Bucks offense against the Heat defense. In future episodes, we'll get into the other side of the ball and, and also make our predictions. We're bringing on today, along with myself and Alex Toledo, who you can follow at Tropical Blanket, our guy, Nikias Duncan. You can follow him at Nikias NBA. You can also download the Dunker Spot podcast. We recommend that you do that and follow his great written work at Basketball News. So, Nikias, we appreciate you doing this. I'm going to start here with one question. Is the Bucks offense better than it was last season? I think it is better than it was last season. Um, just looking at some numbers on cleaning the glass, their offensive rating in the half court is better than it was last year, which was the big question. And I think that's really what's been important to track with Milwaukee in regards to what happened last season and the year before that in the postseason, where teams were able to just kind of wall up Giannis and 
it was just a bit of a struggle for him. He would still get his numbers, but it just grinded the offense down to a halt. And once you're able to slow down the tip of the spear, then everything else kind of falls into place for the other team. So I do think there was a there was definitely an emphasis for Milwaukee to switch things up offensively. Um, just what they did with the roster, being able to add a guy like Drew Holiday that gives them a more competent ball handler, that unlocks a lot of different things. They've been more willing to use Giannis as a screener and as a handoff guy. That gives him more utility. Giannis has improved himself, um, more comfortable shooting jumpers, more comfortable with those post fadeaways, with those post hooks. I still go back to that first well, technically the second meeting, but the first of two games Milwaukee had against Brooklyn not too long ago. And obviously you look at the box score, Giannis had 49, and it's less about him nearly dropping a 50-piece, but more about how he went about that. Brooklyn did not change what they wanted to do. They had DeAndre Jordan hang back, um, just kind of invite Giannis to do whatever he wanted. And Giannis brought the funk to him early. And then also sprinkled in some post fadeaways, some mid-range jumpers. Uh, again, if they hung back off of him, he was able to flow into those handoffs or operate as a screener. So just that little bit of diversity in the offense. Again, it's not like you're not going to confuse Milwaukee's offense with like what Utah runs or what the 14 Spurs run or what the Warriors ran or anything like that. But just that little bit of difference with the talent that they have, I think that's enough to say that this is a different team than what we saw last year. So, Nikias, I think it's great that you mentioned diversity because that's exactly what I wanted to talk you talk to you about with the Bucks. I feel like that's kind of the theme for this whole season, and I think kind of uh, the narrative, you know, for great reasons because of what we've seen over the past couple of seasons is can they fix their diversity on defense? But that's not the topic of this pod. And also, they kind of fixed the diversity of their offense. That's kind of the thing that I feel like has been talked about less in the diversity of their defense. And I mean fixed in in the in a way of, you know, they're trying more things like what you're talking about there. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about, you know, like you mentioned, you had Giannis uh, kind of improving the intermediate game. you got them using Giannis more as a screener. You've got Drew Holiday, who's an extra ball handler, creator, who adds different stuff. One of the wrinkles they've added since the beginning of their uh, season was kind of having somebody stand in the dunker spot. And a lot of times it's not even a big, like they'll still have Brooke Lopez and Bobby Porter spacing out of the three. Uh, they'll have maybe like a Middleton or a DiVincenzo out there, whoever just gets there first. And they don't do it for the whole game, but they'll mix it up a lot. Like they'll start a possession maybe with somebody in the dunker spot, then the guy who's there relocates to the, you know, to space. And they're just kind of throwing a lot of different looks. And I want to know what you think these types of looks, if they will give Miami fits on the defensive end, just because even – and I want to ask this to you with the focus of – Miami's different coverages because that that to me is just kind of like the fun in, in trying to project this series is, is how all these different wrinkles are going to play out. No, I got you. Um, Like I do think that makes it a little bit more difficult for Miami just because they have more things to game plan for because just going back to last season, you kind of knew what Milwaukee wanted to do on offense. You know, I mean, in transition, you know what was coming. Like Giannis was going downhill in the – you know, going downhill, he's a freight train. You can't really stop him if he's in transition. And the half court, you kind of knew what they wanted to run as well with just those clear outs with Giannis. There would, they have some pick and roll in there, but there wasn't much else with it. Uh, maybe some early drag stuff for Chris Milton to get him going downhill. But I mean, it wasn't much you had to worry about. You knew where the action was going to be. And you also knew where everyone else was spacing because they had that strict five out space and kind of maximize things around Giannis. So you so knew you, where to have your defense. Right. So with that, yeah, you know how to set your defense up, you know where you can help, you know who you can station elsewhere if you want to try to hide a weaker defender or whatever to where they can't be brutalized. So with Milwaukee switching things up now, that just gives Miami more things to think about. 
And that's a win for Milwaukee because if they want to just go five out and mix it up, they can throw in those looks and they're still pretty darn good at it. And now that they have reps, having a guy in a dunker spot or just clearing the side in a different way and having different spacing on the weak side, they have more avenues to attack. Um, I don't think Miami should be afraid of this because Eric Spolster is one of the best defensive coaches of all time. They go multiple whenever they want to. Um, even this year, less drop, It's they kind of started with switching as opposed to last year. And then they mix in the trapping. Um, they still don't mind throwing in zone whenever. So they still have counters to that counter, and it's going to be up to Milwaukee to beat that. That's the next layer. This is what makes Eric Spolstra an elite playoff coach because it's not about countering. You have to counter counters now, and Spoke can do that. But the fact that Milwaukee now has that extra layer, it, it at least makes Spoke go a little deeper into the bag now. I want to ask you one more kind of general question, and then after the break, we're going to get into specific matchups and get into what Eric can throw at them and what he may experiment with. Uh but the Heat had an interesting defensive season because it didn't start great. It got really good at one point, even while they had to hide multiple bad defenders on the court, uh, particularly when Jimmy came back and was playing an elite level defensively. And then as the offense picked up late in the season, significantly the defense regressed again. What do you attribute that to? Um, I mean, some of it is just late season nonsense, honestly. Like that just kind of happens sometimes. Um, I would say with them switching and switching as much as they have this year, teams do know how to move guys around. Now Miami's still able to execute most of the time and they still have good personnel overall. Again, when Jimmy's on the floor, Bam's on the floor, even the guys like Ariza's on the floor, you can still cover up a lot of warts if teams try to exploit it. But just in a vacuum, if a team knows you're going to switch and – the switches aren't as soft as they were earlier in the year, but you can still kind of manipulate matchups that way. Once you get into the fourth quarter, teams just want to hammer home those mismatches. So I think there's been a lot of that. And even if they're able to force misses, if you have Bam on the perimeter, you can still be susceptible to the offensive rebounds. So I think just that, it plays a big part of the slippage. I mean, looking through the numbers, I think I checked this maybe a week and a half ago because I was trying to figure out why Miami's defensive rating went down. And I was looking like their defensive rating was fine in like the first quarter, second quarter, and the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter, they have like this massive negative net. So obviously you don't want that to happen in the fourth quarter for very obvious reasons. But they still have the skeletons of being able to figure this kind of stuff out. So, you know, the kind of the gears are whirring in my head as you talk. And, and honestly, that's something that happens a lot of times when you host. And again, shout out to the Dunker Spot podcast. Uh, does a great job of covering the whole NBA in a way that other podcasts don't. So another recommendation there, but you talked about how the heat started off this year switching. We, and we've known, you know, how all year they've thrown the different coverages, whether it's trapping, whether it's zoning. And to me, it's just like, let's say, you know, you talk about switching, right? The heater switching on defense. Is that, do you think this is a team that when they're in that mode, is susceptible to being punished if the Bucks are just very, you know, very deliberate with trying to uh, mismatch Hunt? Because I feel like that's something that they've thrown in more along the lines of, you know, offensive diversity. When you talk about, you know, if the Heat are going to be switching, you can get Brook Lopez on a mismatch pretty easily, right? And I feel like that's something that they could be beat off of. If you somehow get Giannis with a mismatch, even though there's always going to be help coming, it feels like they've got better guys to that Giannis can spray out to, better shot creators. I mean, 
they've just got more playoff players in general. Do you feel that this is going to be a series where they're just going to have to constantly mix up defensive coverages because sitting still with one is, is you think there's going to be like, I don't know, too many holes there to poke at? Uh, I would say I anticipate Miami's going to have to do some different things on defense. Um, I would imagine like the first two games of the series, at least they may just stick to a base. Like, okay, we are going to switch. We're going to help like we normally do with the switching. Let's see if they're actually going to beat us through this. And if they do, then we'll adjust. I don't think it's going to be a quick shift for Miami because, again, this is what they've been doing all year. They had the personnel to do so. They just had success with this in the postseason last season. So I don't think it'll be anything they'll be scared out of. But I do think, I mean, assuming Milwaukee and, um, executes, like they will have to bend somewhere. And then we'll just see how effective that's going to be. All right, we're going to get into the matchups here in a second. Uh, before we do, I want to tell you about another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That's our friends over at CPT Florida, CPT South Florida. If you need IT work for your small or medium business, this is the place to go. They've been helping small and medium businesses here locally with the technology they need for decades. They specialize in cloud-hosted phone systems and managed IT. If you own a smaller or medium business, you're looking to save money on your monthly phone and internet costs, you got to give TJ a call right now. He's been Again, he's been helping South Florida businesses save thousands per month. He can do the same for you with a cloud phone system. You can work from anywhere on any device. You need to be mobile these days. So for a free in-person consultation, call TJ. TJ at 954-966-2766. That's 954-966-2766. And they've got a great promotion. Includes 25% off cloud phone service, including free phones. And the first two months of service are free. So deal with an owner, not a sales rep. Give TJ at CPT a call. Again, that's 954-966-2766. Or visit the website at cpt-florida.com. Now we'll get back to the episode. All right. We've got Nikias Duncan here from the Dunker Spot in Basketball News. We've got Alex Toledo. We've talked sort of in generalities here about why the Bucs were so good def- offensively this year and why the Heat slipped a little as the season went on. But now we want to get into the matchups. And we're going to make an assumption about starting lineups here because I really don't envision a change this time. I, I don't think that Eric Spolster is holding anything in his back pocket like he did with Goran Dragic last year. It doesn't seem to make sense to start Goran in this series anyway. Um, he's still a player that needs to be preserved at this stage. Kendrick Nunn has been their most consistent guard now for about two months, so I, I don't see how you pull him out of the starting lineup. They need Duncan Robinson for space. You're not taking Bam or Jimmy out, uh, so, and Ariza obviously has earned the four spot. So with that being said, if those are going to be your four starters, excuse me, five starters, and you're assuming Milwaukee's going to roll with their starters, you know, DiVincenzo, uh, Drew Holiday, Middleton, uh, Brooke Lopez and Giannis, there are a lot of different ways these matchups can go uh, at the start of the game. I mean, I, I've I've seen like three or four different suggestions about, well, do you hide Duncan on Brooke Lopez? Or, you know, does Jimmy guard Drew or does Jimmy guard Chris Middleton? Or is it is it Bam at the start on Giannis? Or is it Ariza at the start on Giannis? So let's start with that one because that's kind of the head of the snake here. Um who does who does Eric Spolstra use on Giannis to start the game? Not to finish it, but to start it. I think your answer there has to be Trevor Ariza. And like I I, I get the appeal of starting Giannis. I mean, starting Bam on Giannis, because that is your best option against Giannis ultimately. 
but I don't know. You don't want to take too much from regular season meetings and just looking at this Bucks heat series throughout the regular season, like Jimmy hasn't played any of the games. So it's kind of hard to take stuff from that anyway, but that last game that they played against Milwaukee kind of stood out because very quietly, I mean, Miami won the series last year um, in convincing fashion, but very quietly, like Brooke Lopez gave them a lot of trouble last year. And then going back to the game, I believe it was Saturday. Uh, Brooke Lopez did not take a three. A lot of interior buckets, hit some tough stuff too, just threw up some fadeaway junk that was going in too. But just the fact that he was willing to get into the paint, really body dudes, post up some, I worry about trying to stash a guy on Brooke Lopez because if they're willing to go to that well more often than they did last year, and that was also quietly a talking point for Milwaukee last year, um, as he was having kind of a down year from three, they would post them up and there was like a two month stretch where they were consistently posting them up against smaller guys. And he looked good at it. And then, Bud just kind of went away from it. And then I fast forward now to Saturday to where Brooke Lopez is kind of wreaking havoc inside. And it's like, well, you can't really, do you want to put Bam on Giannis to start and then have a Trevor Reese on a Brooke Lopez? Or if you want to use a Reese on Middleton and kind of junk it up there, do you want to have Duncan Robinson on Brooke Lopez? Because Duncan Robinson is wildly important to what you do offensively. He's had some playoff foul trouble issues before, which I don't know how much of that is his fault, but you have that issue. So you don't want to stash like Duncan on Brooke Lopez. They go quick post-ups on two straight possessions, two fouls on Duncan, and now your top movement shooter is out of the offense. And you're already, it's already going to be a battle to score against Milwaukee to begin with because they're really freaking good. So I think you probably just kind of play it straight, honestly. Let Ariza eat up those innings against Giannis. You have Bam on Brook, allow him to help if Brook is on the perimeter and if Brook is hitting threes at a high clip, then you kind of tip your cap. But use Bam as the helper in that way. And with how Miami switches on the perimeter anyway, you're going to need Bam as a helper in this series. So I tend to agree with you there that, and it's obviously we got this sample last year during the bubble. They, they like to use Bam on the back line or as a helper and they, they wanted to front and help all the time when it came to Giannis. And, you know, obviously we know that this team is, I think a little bit more well-rounded to, to beat that a little bit, or at least to counter it because of the addition of Drew Holiday, because of the, the wrinkles that we talked about earlier in the show. But to me, kind of what I want to ask about is the fronting and the trapping. Do you expect both of these things to occur at the same frequency that they were during the regular season against the specific Bucks team? Because to me, it's like the fronting is the one that, that seems obvious. Like like you said, I think they're going to use Ariza in a similar way that they use Crowder and Iguodala. We know that Ariza isn't quite as strong as Crowder, but he's got some size on him when it comes to height and length. Mm-hmm. So I do think he's a little bit more switchable. I, I, I think he's strong enough to be able to do the job just because it always helps that you know, it, it kind of matters more that the rest of the, the help side defense is on point there. And I think that's one of the things here is the, the low margin for error for the Heat. And to me, it's like if, if those rotations aren't on point, it feels like this is a series where they're going to pick up some the, – the Bucks are going to pick up some wins easily if kind of everything isn't on point. And to me, is it worth it to be not only fronting all game, but the trapping? That's the part that kind of concerns me. Do you think they trap Middleton as a ball handler? Do you think they trap Drew Holiday as a ball handler? Or even Giannis as a ball handler, despite his lack of shooting? Like, I just have so many questions with how they apply that to this series. Uh, I would say maybe we see more of the trapping in some of those, like, hybrid second units. Like, maybe if you have Drew and Chris on the floor at the same time. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Um, then you can afford to do so because there's going to be a dip in passing elsewhere. If you trap one, you kind of played it three on four at that point and you still have tremendous help defenders, you have length around that kind of compensate for that. I don't know if I would go to the trapping with the starting unit. Um, Drew is just a flat out better passer and playmaker than Eric Bledsoe is. Chris Milton has improved as a passer and playmaker this season. Giannis has improved as a passer and playmaker this season. <clears throat> Not that Miami couldn't make that work because again, they do have defensive personnel to bother them. They have very good off ball defenders. Jimmy is all world. Bam is ridiculous. Trevor Reese can be in multiple places at once, even at this stage of his career. So it's not necessarily like a death nail or anything like that. But again, I think early in the series, you have to treat it kind of as a prove to me that you're different. Like we've seen you do different things. We see the numbers, or you know you are buried in some areas. Let's see you replicate this in playoff basketball. And if you do, then we'll go deeper into our bag. So I don't think I would go too heavy into the trapping. The fronting, absolutely. Like, dare them to make those entry passes. Trust your length behind it. Trust those rotations. And again, if it's Trevor fronting, bam, coming to help, you have Jimmy on the weak side kind of splitting two guys. Like, dare them to make that pass against Jimmy Butler and see what happens. So that's going to work. The trapping, I don't think you have to right now because why those guys are better passers, you know, Chris Milton is very good three level score. Like none of those guys, like they aren't stiff. They aren't Dame Mm -hmm. to where it's a fire. If they have an open look as a pull-up guy. So you don't have to do that unless someone just gets unreasonably hot, but I don't anticipate that. So probably less on the trapping, the front to get to stay there. Point four, I wanted to get to, you've mentioned this a little bit, but I want to get into a little bit more depth. Um, Eric Bledsoe was a terrible playoff performer. Uh, <laughs> he, he was brutal against the Heat last year. He was brutal for them the season before. They've replaced him with Drew Holiday. And, and I know that Drew gets more accolades for his defense. But what specific problems? I, we also saw him cook Dame Lillard a, a few years ago uh, in a sweep. What specific, what's, what specific problems, right? What specific problems does he cause? And like you said, is he, I I mean, he's not Dame. He's not Steph. He's not, you know, he's not, he's, but he's pretty damn good. I mean, he can drop 25 on you, you know, on fairly decent efficiency. If, if you let him get going, how much attention do they need to pay to him? And, And who ultimately gets the assignment on him when it matters? Is it, We've seen Ariza used a lot on point guards this year, but also we've seen Jimmy down the stretch at times. Uh, the question of who to guard him is a good one. 
because it's good that Miami has options. I'm currently working through just by virtue of what Miami does. They switch so much. So it almost doesn't matter. <clears throat> like you just want to make sure you have good defenders on the floor, period. So if you are going to switch a screen, you're able to kind of scramble and help if you need to. I would say <clears throat> a lot of that's going to depend on what Milwaukee does to close. If they are willing to go Giannis at the five, then I think Bam takes them and that frees up a reason for you. Because if they're going Bam at if they're going Giannis at the five, then they're probably going to have Pat Connaughton out there. So you'll be able to hide one of your point guards. Oh, like I love kid. that. Like if <laughs> and to be fair, like Connaughton's actually been he's been fine this year. I'll but, take that instead of Brick Lopez beating yeah, somebody that, up on the inside. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I think, yeah, to your point, mine would definitely live with that. But yeah, if they're going Giannis at the five, it's going to be either Connaughton or they'll have PJ Tucker out there. And in which case you can hide a, if it's hero out there or if it's Robinson out there, or if it's none out there, you can hide that. And that frees up a reason to take on the drew assignment. If you want to do that uh, just between him and Jimmy taking on Chris Middleton and drew Holiday, I don't really think it matters how you split that up, but I think those are going to be the two guys you want on the perimeter. So, man, and I still have just so many questions as we talk through this. Like, I'm really excited for the series. I, you know, as I've said in other pods, I feel like I keep saying this. I, I'm, I, I wasn't afraid of this team ever since I saw what happened. And as the time goes on and on and on, I keep becoming more and more of a coward. And now I'm just like, ugh, I didn't want this series. I wanted the Hawks or the Knicks in the first round. And I wanted the Sixers in the second. And now here we are. Uh, it seems like the team does not, didn't, could not care less about seedings the way they played in some of those final games there. So I'm glad that they're confident, but I'm a little bit concerned. Like this team, and you know, you, you're talking there about having you know good guard defenders and options. Having Oladipo would have been nice on that end here to talk about the Drew Holiday question, mm-hmm. and in, in a switchable offense, you know, maybe you could play drop a little bit as an option if you want to. I don't know how much of an option that is now, but um, to me, the other thing I haven't asked about yet, and we saw some of this. Uh, thrown out in the last game was the zone right and I, to me it's like do you consider that a viable option versus what they've adjusted to this season as far as you know the, the Bucks offense do you think uh, throwing in some zone in there and uh, Spo going back to the old ways as far as you know last season's defensive coverage uh, do, do you see some of that happening I can see it in spurts. I think it's going to depend on what zone they want to go to if it's that one two two press and then you kind of flow in the man and switch it from there like, sure, you can do that whenever you want to. If it's just a flat-out 2-3, it can still work, but I'm a little less confident in it. I think th- one of the benefits, one of the hidden benefits of Milwaukee kind of going to that four-out, one-in system this year and having a guy in the dunker spot is that it makes those interior dump-off reads more consistent. And you if you're trying to get to the middle of the zone. Yeah, so if you can get to the middle of the zone, it's basically a high-low from there. And with them having that built-in read with a guy in the dunker spot, I think it makes it a little bit easier to do that. That's why it's important that Giannis has gotten better at knocking down mid-range shots. So how do you build this wall on defense then, if you're the Heat? It is going to be difficult to do so. Like, I think the easy answer, if you're just kind of playing it straight, is to cheat off the shooters and have a guy like Jimmy at the nail, depending on where the ball is and where they bring it up. Just kind of cheat at the nail and trust your, um, your closeouts from there, which Miami can do that. But I don't think it's going to be as much of an automatic as it was last season. So if that's what like Heat fans, Heat lovers, or whatever are anticipating in terms of just from a scheme perspective, I don't think it's going to be that easy to just wall off Giannis. Now, the success is going to be a different thing, but just in terms of how they want to set it up, Milwaukee 
has added a little bit more movement to the offense. They have reconfigured the configuration of their offense. So I don't think they can build it as consistently. All right. Something I want to get to after the break, because we haven't talked much about it, are the benches. And that's also very different from last season, because Milwaukee had an old bench, uh, veteran guys who didn't perform all that well. Ben uh, Forbes is going to light them up. In the bubble or in the series. But we're going to touch on that uh, here in a second. Before we do, tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network that's therapist preferred this is a cbd company founded in 2019 by a physical therapist to optimize performance and recovery for active people 100 percent thc free and third-party lab verified so you don't have to worry about failing a test uh nothing is going to get you in trouble in this okay all the products are made in the u.s with cutting edge technology from organically grown hemp the most popular products cbd sports cream the strawberry lemonade and the green apple flavored gummies free shipping on all orders if you use the promo code five reasons and you'll also get 20 percent off your order so that's the number five reasons 20 percent off your order shop now at therapistpreferred.com that's therapistpreferred.com Follow on social media at THRPST Preferred on Twitter. Therapist Preferred for active people by active people. Again, use the code at therapistpreferred.com. Five reasons. Get 20% off your order and free shipping. I'm actually going to order myself a second bottle today. I know Alex has one as well. All right, let's get to some rapid fire stuff here, okay? Um, Let's start with number one. Offensively. Is Milwaukee's bench better or worse than it was last season? I think it's a little bit. Oh, man. I think it's a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think it helps that they actually have like an actual score they can dump the ball to. Because they had like, I mean, they had George Hill come off the bench last year, and he's more of a table setter slash spacer than a scorer. Um, I think Bobby Portis gives them a guy that can kind of that can shoot having one of the best shooting seasons of his career and a guy that can kind of post up smaller guys against switches if you need him to do that. So he can get you a bucket. I do like the movement stuff from Bryn Forbes though. If Milwaukee plays a heavy doses of Bryn Forbes in this playoff series, that's, I would just say Miami's going to have fun with that one. Oh, it's going to be, it's not going to be fun at all. I mean, he's somebody that came from the Spurs organization and I feel like they, they teach people how to light up the heat over there, but Really, like the Heat are a team that overhelps so much on defense, and Forbes is like their best non-Chris Middleton shooter. It feels like that's coming, like that he's gonna have a game or two where he just goes crazy and hits like six threes. But I, I think he'll have a game like that maybe. But like my point was that Miami's not gonna mind having him on the floor unless he's like yeah. having a six-three game because they are absolutely gonna hunt him out on defense. Yeah, they're gonna beat him. He up. is, he is up. not. He's not good. Like it's one thing to be small on defense. There are inherent limitations there. He's small and he can get lost off ball. And you can't have that double whammy in playoff basketball. So Brent Ford minutes are going to be something to watch. If they're high, that means that he's shooting the lights out and you're probably in trouble. If it's kind of in the intermediate level, I think Miami's going to have fun with those minutes. All right, next one, Nikias, and then I'll let Alex finish one with, with one here. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Spolstra Budenholzer. Um, Greg and I got into Budenholzer as one of the narratives of the series because it, somebody's going to have to take the fall. If Milwaukee loses again, it's not going to be the three guys that they've signed to big extensions. Uh, So it may be their general manager who botched the Bogdanovich thing, but it's also going to be their head coach. Who do you think just on this side of the ball, not, not on the other side, because we're going to have Brady on to talk about that from a Bucks offensive standpoint and a heat defensive perspective, 
Who do you think, tink- I, I think I know the answer to this, but who do you think tinkers more in this series and who do you think stays with what they're most true to? So basically, who's the high variance guy for the Bucks offensively? No, who's the, between oh. the two coaches? Who who is going to be more variable in the in the kind of things they do? In other, in other words, Bud has typically been a guy who we're going to do what we do, right? Whereas mm-hmm. with Eric, we've seen he talks a lot about identity, but then he'll throw some zone that you're not. Oh, expecting. Okay. He'll th- you know what I'm saying? Like, is it still going to be Spolstra because essentially they're the underdog and he's a little bit more of a tinkerer anyway? Oh, okay, I got you, got you. Yeah, it's definitely going to be Spo. I don't think we have to go too deep into that. Okay. <laughs> Simple enough. <laughs> I mean, what's the wildest I mean, thing you think he's going to throw out there? Oh, man. Spawn, I I honestly couldn't even tell you. We've already like seen I, it. The whole regular season, he's throwing out all these different things. I feel like it's probably, it was all, you know, in preparation for this, right? Yeah, like Spawn's not going to hold back any punches if he has to go to it. Well, the other thing I wanted to ask you about here was um, you know, the interior defense. I don't, I know that, you know, for the past couple of seasons, even though they switched between defensive coverages throughout the heat have been very good at keeping teams from the paint, not so good at, you know, keeping teams from scoring in the paint at a high level that that's, that can be their weakness. I know that hasn't changed too much this season. How do you feel about that? And, uh, do you think that's kind of an underrated hole here in the heat's defense is, is the fact that a guy like Giannis can just absolutely dominate you on defense if everything isn't on point. And we already mentioned Brooke Lopez before beating up on smaller guys if he gets those switches. Yeah, that's going to be my point. That's why Brooke Lopez, I think, is going to be a guy that can help swing these things. Because you know what Giannis provides, and you already kind of know what measures Miami's going to take to try to keep him out. They're going to help at the nail, maybe not be able to set up a wall as consistently, but they're still going to bring that help. They're going to front Giannis on the post if he does have anyone not named Bam or Reese on him because they, nobody else is going to have this. I mean, I guess Dwayne Detman, but if Dwayne Detman's on Giannis. Oh, no love for Andre, huh? I mean, just from a size perspective. Like, I, like he's not going to stay on Giannis's hip, I don't think. I think he's going to front and then poke around from there. So <clears throat> that could absolutely be an issue. Like, I would also watch the random cuts from Dante DiVincenzo. He is good at that. Um, if Miami tries to send help a little bit too early. Again, Giannis has gotten better at passing out of the post and passing out double teams. So the paint could definitely be an issue. If Miami's able to manage that, then I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. What about with Giannis as a roller? Like, does that change a lot for you? Uh, I guess my thing with that is, like, Giannis can be effective in it, but with Miami switching as much as they do, I don't think he's going to have the same clean pockets. You're going to cut off the angles every time? Yeah, like I go back to that Bucks nets game I was talking about. When they when Giannis kind of flows into a screener, that's because they have DeAndre Jordan out there to kind of camp in the paint, and they're just playing drop every time. Like they're not willing to switch that very often. With Miami, I don't think he's going to have the same windows as a roller. But, again, he has gotten more comfortable posting up smaller dudes, so that could still be a problem. That's still going to be something to watch for. I got one more for you. You mentioned Brooke Lopez. Um this is anecdotal because I, I haven't looked up the numbers on this, but it has seemed to me over the years that Brooke Lopez has put up big numbers against the heat. He used to do it against Whiteside all the time. And yet his team lost. Um, I, I just, there's just numerous occasions of me, whether he was with the nets or with Milwaukee, that when Brooke Lopez has gotten numbers against the heat, it's almost been like, Spo's been okay with it. Uh, is that, is that anecdotal thought in my head? Is that, is that your recollection also, because I feel like that plays into this series a little bit. If 
his attitude is let Brooke, um, Brooke going to do Brooke. That's fine. You know, Brooke wants to take Duncan Robinson in the post fine. Okay. And uh, is, is that sort of your memory of it? Um, I guess just to reference the playoffs last year, since I already had the tab up, Brooke did average 18 points in the series last year, 53 from the field, 43 from three, which is okay. So what? A problem. Yeah. Against the heat. 18.2 points. Yeah, I don't know, remember see that. that. But that's my whole point, though. Like, I feel like Brooks been doing True. that his entire career against the Heat. And again, they lost four out of five games. Like, I, I, I don't. I, I feel like they've been empty numbers against the Heat. And I'm not talking about just last year. I know, I know, we don't have them all up right now. But I'm mm-hmm. talking about just going back like ten years. Uh, like, and that's that's got to be in Spolstra's head. Oh yeah, well, I would definitely agree with you there. Like, I can vaguely remember some stuff from Brooklyn. Um, where he was kind of terrorizing Miami inside. But I would say just in general, is Brooke Lopez going to be high on the priority list for Eric Spolstra? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Like it stopped Giannis, stopped Drew probably, stopped Chris, and then maybe it's Brooke. The issue is that Brooke can do what he did last year because he's not being worried about. Like, again, you live with the post-ups getting Duncan Robinson in the grand scheme. The problem is if he's doing that in combination with Milwaukee looking different on offense, with Giannis being better, with Drew being better than Eric Bledsoe, with Chris Middleton being very good. If Brooke Lopez is also doing that, that's where you get in trouble. So I don't think it's going to be a major priority, but he could be someone that is like the icing on the cake, if that makes sense. No, I, no, I get it. I get it. All right. Before we let you go, we got to get a pick. I know we didn't evaluate the other side of the ball. We're leaving that for Brady, but give it to us. What, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to get yelled at, but like I have Milwaukee in six this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I picked for reference. I did pick Miami in I think five, I picked Miami in six last year for the series. But this yeah. year, I, I just think Milwaukee is better and they're doing some different things. They have more ways to counter. So I, I know where my interest lies, but just from what I've seen on film, like I, I have to take Milwaukee in six. I did hear your, I did hear this prediction on a Duncan spot. So usually you would have gotten a reaction from me, some sort of disappointing wow or something <laughs> that matter. But really, I got one final question for you. This one just kind of came up in my head. If you had to assign percentages and this is a really, really, really nerdy question by me. If you had to assign percentages to the amount of time that Spo uses the different coverages that we've talked about, other than fronting, because I really do think we're going to see fronting pretty much the whole time, other than when, maybe then when, you know, when Bam is, is guarding Giannis. Outside of uh, fronting and helping, how would you assign the percentages to everything else they do on defense? Um, <clears throat> you had to guess. I would, if I had to guess, I would probably say this is a nerdy question, by the way. I really appreciate it. I would say 70 per, I'll say 75% switch. I'd go 75% switch. I'll say 12% drop. Cause I mean, the duet, the Deadman minutes are going to be there. Uh, so that puts me at 87. I would say maybe 4% trap which was it? 91, 9% zone. Wow. I love that. I mean, then, and the numbers, the different numbers that you use there. I mean, man, awesome answer. We're going to hold you to that. All right. Follow him at, <laughs> follow him at Nikias NBA on Twitter, follow him at basketballnews.com. Follow him at the Dunker spot podcast with Steve Jones, Jr. Who loves all the old washed bigs. Nikias, <laughs> we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we know you're, you're busy. Steve picked the heat, by the way. What's that? Steve Jones picked the heat. 
I, I know he did. Part. I know he did. Actually, uh, Sedano picked the Heat. A lot of people on ESPN picked the Heat. I was a little bit surprised uh, that, oh, that Sedano's he, backtracking. Well, I mean, he'd <laughs> he, this is the year he should say he'd rather be the Sixers. Nikias, thank you. Um, thanks to our sponsors, Miami Grill, TherapistPreferred.com. Use that five reasons for the twenty percent off, and also CPT-Florida.com for all of your IT needs. Uh, Brady will be on with Greg and Alex to break down the other side of the ball tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.